0: If I had not had the grief, I wouldn't have had the personal development and my business would have looked different and I wouldn't have been able to service my clients properly. Does not mean that I asked for any of this. Doesn't mean I'm happy for any of this, but you can't just see the one side of of it.
1: Innocent Burger left her comfortable job of 13 years to start a business. And seven weeks later, her husband died and in the same year, she lost both of her beloved dogs. How do you pick yourself up and build a business when a multi-decade-long relationship crashes to an end? How do you motivate yourself to make a sale, to send an email, to put a proposal together, or even just brush your teeth? In this episode, Innocent and I discuss the brutal situation she found herself in, how she put herself back together and built a thriving business as a first-time entrepreneur. My name is Nick Haralambas, and I don't want to keep you waiting any longer. So remember, it's not over until it's over. Hey, welcome back to It's Not Over. I'm your host, as usual, every single week. And with me today is Innocent Burger. Innocent, how are you?
0: Fine, thanks yourself, Nick, and thanks for having me.
1: It's an absolute pleasure. I am well. So, uh, Innocent, I am excited to have you on the show because this is uh, one of the first very personal, literal stories of near death um, that we're going to have. So why don't you give us some context on a little bit about who you are and what's going on in your life at this time and what business you run at this time and then we'll take it from there.
0: Perfect. So uh, as you said, my name is Innocent Berger. I own a little company called Perform Forward and we're about increasing the fulfillment of people in business so that we can build more sustainable business. So basically we make people happy at work and so that we can build happier businesses. And I started this business in 2017. So the business is almost five years, uh, five years old now. Um, and uh, I am a coach, a professional speaker. And then as the owner of Perform Forward, I also act as a transformational HR coach.
1: Okay. That's interesting. So some nitty gritty about the business. Um, can you tell me how you make money so that the audience has got context on where you're getting paid mostly and what kind of business this is? Because I get the okay. sense it's like coaching and well-being and culture, but like who's paying you to do what?
0: Okay. Wonderful. So we have a multi-phased approach, but basically we start off with strengths coaching where we assist executives, senior management, even team members uh, to find fulfillment using their strengths within organizations. So basically we teach them what they do well and how to do more of it and how the business can leverage it. Then we also do like team dynamics, think team building, but for clever people. So we're not building igloos and rafts. We are we are actually building teams using strengths. And then once we've done that, we normally find that there's an opportunity to go into businesses and do quite extensive um, emotional intelligence and self-awareness-based leadership development programs. We then also, by that time, and this, this is k- kind of the way it flows, right? As we build relationships, we then very often get involved in performance management, in culture, um, and t- starting to take a look at how do we transform the business from the transformational aspect, not the, not the hiring and the firing, but how do we actually up the ante in people operations?
1: Cool, that makes sense. Um, So a CEO, an MD, or an HR person will find you, they'll bring you into their business, you'll do a workshop, or you'll do a coaching with an executive, or you'll do something else, and it'll spiral into working more with the business to get their performance and profits up. Makes sense to me. Mm -hmm. Okay, so you started this business in 2017 and things went well. Uh, How did it work? What happened? And where did we move towards this near-death business experience?
0: Well, we you know, you know the concept of fail fast. <laughs> so, um, yeah,
1: oh I
0: started the business on the 1st of September and 7 weeks later my husband died unexpectedly.
1: Wow. Yeah, so that sort of, is quite a thing.
0: I got that out of I got that out of the way fairly quickly. Um, 24 years of marriage and all of a sudden he was just gone. And I cannot explain to you So just let me step back a second is that I had left a 13 year career in a business and you have the business, you have the business support, you have the business structures, you have the people. I had been there so long that basically even the bricks knew me of the building. And so you go from that certainty and you step into entrepreneurial life. And the one thing that people love about being an entrepreneur is the freedom. And let me tell you, the first near business death experience I had was actually that step of I wake up I've got to do the sales I've got to find the clients but there's no office to go to there's no people to go to so Mm -hmm. that to me actually was a massive paradigm shift and then seven weeks later the, the the rest of the routine that was left was taken away as well
1: yeah. And did you start this business with somebody else or were you left no. your career and on your own, you were like, fuck it, I'm going to start a business. This is and me. You're right. That, that mind shift from 13 years of a career of meetings on a Monday, people around you in their cubicles to, mm-hmm. okay, I have to find a client.
0: And an office with glass. I had a glass office. So even when I was <laughs> on my own within my office, I always had my yeah. peeps with me. And let me tell you, that was a shock. So the first shock was maybe my identity as a professional, because yeah, I am with all this freedom and I'm not, I'm not just on day one rocking it. And then seven weeks later, you lose your identity as a spouse, a wife. And a, 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 I mean, it was decades. I didn't know this life. I didn't understand how to start a business. I didn't know how to be single without even worse i it was it was such confusion it was chaos i was panicked and numb at exactly the same stage and i I cannot explain that duality to you
1: yeah wow i mean that's so well said panicked and numb so you're (laughs) you're like a duck but numb calm at the top but freaking the fuck out below and then not feeling anything anyways
0: Uh, yes and then it's sort of like wow and, it's, and and it was so interesting. So I'm quite a driven person. And everyone was going, slow down. Calm down. It's going to be great. And I'm like, oh, well done, slow down. So the way I dealt yeah. with this was the first three months I actually can't remember. So I, I suspect that was just shock, right? And mm. after that, I just went into denial. I was like, this didn't work.
1: This wow. Uh, yes, of course. There, Den- denial about what? Denial the, about what? The, the
0: denial about the impact this was having on me. So obviously he yeah. had passed away obviously i wasn't in in that business anymore or in, in the previous business anymore but i wasn't gonna let this touch me i'm a woman i'm independent i'm gonna rock this mm. shit mm. and let me tell you how long i was in that phase for months i had clients who didn't realize that i was a widow
1: Whoa. and
0: i only realized that much later when i one day said something or i pitch up without my i still wear my wedding rings. uh i would pitch up without my wedding and they're like has something
1: happened? The, the human brain is astounding. So many questions. I don't even know where to start. So seven weeks in, prior to your husband dying, did you build up some kind of cash flow, some kind of clients? Like, w- did you leave your career with something going?
0: So uh, I, I left my career with a, a, one small little deal that had ended two weeks oh. before so it was only supposed to be a limited time project, but remember one thing in, I am privileged and blessed in that, when I decided to do this, I made sure I had a bit of runway.
1: Ah, good. Po- that's a, such a good observation for anybody, whether you, you plan on losing a spouse or not, yeah, it's well, good you know, to have some kind of backup. To do the
0: stuff, <laughs> yes. And, wow. and And that really, on the one hand it saved me, on the other hand it didn't, right? Ah, yeah. Because on the one hand, it saved me because I could be selfish in my grief. I could take my time. I could spend hours at the therapist. I could only brush my teeth at 10 o'clock in the morning if that's how I felt. And that was so good for me being able to take the time to process this. Mm. On the other hand, I've had friends who have lost spouses. You get two weeks leave and you're back at the office. And that helps drive you. So to some extent, having a little bit of a financial nest egg might have deterred me from getting up and get going sooner. Mm. I don't know that either of those are great or either of those are terrible. It's just the way it played out.
1: Yeah, it's one of those things, whether it's um, an actual business near-death experience or an actual death experience, is you don't know which other way it could have played because this is the way it played. Exactly. Exactly. You can't ever decide if it was good or bad for you to have that leeway because actually it's the thing that got you through it um so you know it is what it is um the the thing you said that i'm so interested in is um what i think a lot of careered people experience when they move from being a careered person to an entrepreneur i've felt it moving from being an entrepreneur to kind of not over the last 3 years is that loss of identity or changing mm. of identity and you said mm. it so well that your identity was gone as a wife, as a spouse, and as a career person in the space of eight weeks. Yes. Um, how does one come back from that?
0: So I think the first step that you take is the wrong step. But I took that step. And I... Decided,
1: Can I is, is any first step the wrong step?
0: Always. This one... No, wait, <laughs> okay. wait for this. This is a corker. Okay. This is a corker. Yeah. I decided I was going to make him proud of me. I was going to make sure that we do everything the way we always did. I will bring Mm. back normality. And you know what happened? I exhausted myself. I let myself down. And then I have a friend who always expounds this thing about, oh, it's a new chapter. This woman cannot sit still for her life. She is now retired and 65 and is now currently working on Botswana on a project. And she goes, oh, it's a new chapter. And what I learned from her that really literally saved my life and my business mm-hmm. was that it's a new chapter and new chapters. You can write whatever you want. Yeah. I don't know if you know yeah. the book, Go Givers, JH and Mutual Acquaintance introduced me to the book, Go Givers, and they speak about a factory burning down. And instead of seeing it as a negative, they say, oh, apparently it's time to move into a bigger factory. Wow. And so and so, I built a new factory <clears throat> to the point where people have mentioned that they think that if my husband was to see me walk through the door now, he'd go like, who the heck is this chick? But that's okay, because I'm doing yeah. this on my own. You know, it's very interesting, but we must watch out that we don't allow that which that came before established what's going forward. When that which came before cannot say your but when things go wrong.
1: It's just, it's so complex. I mean, at the time, you said it took you months to get out of the denial phase. Mm. So in that denial phase, were you still... Waking up and grinding your business, like yes. like it was a normal Monday, like eight am cool and I uh, mean I haven't asked your uh, rest of your family. do you have kids? Do you have a support system like who's yes. there with you every day, or did you all of a sudden on Monday go, this house is now it's empty, and I have to get to work?
0: The house was empty. Oof.
1: So how do you motivate yourself? I mean, I
0: I don't have, so I don't have children. I have two dogs, not the current two terrorists, two previous terrorists. And what had happened is my husband had passed away in October, but four months before we had lost our other dog to bone cancer after fighting for a year. So I woke up one morning and I realized that out of a family of four, because my dogs are my family, I now have two people left. And within a week of my husband being Passing away, my other dog was uh, diagnosed with severe kidney disease, and she died less than a year later. So there was, when I tell you a void, no, maybe an abyss. Mm -hmm. There was nothing, and I think in the beginning it was the denial that helped. Denial helped me get out of the bed because denial Mm -hmm. went. I'm not going to let this touch me. I'm just going to keep going. I'm just going to keep going. Um, And then I, I don't think you must ever think that those days were very productive okay I was I was out there I was doing my thing but I would work for two hours and need to sleep eight so I don't know if you know it's a very interesting process but it takes 21 days for a new neural pathway to to form in your head. So my body was trying to unlearn 24 years of neural pathways and develop oh. brand new pathways. That's why grief is exhausting. That's why when people come to us and they say, I'm so tired because I'm grieving, we get bored of them. But it's because wow. every new thing they have to learn, their body is using all that energy to build a new neural pathway at a time when they're not really eating properly, are they?
1: Mmm. Or doing anything properly, I suppose. Yes, but they're not
0: sustaining themselves properly. Is what I what I mean. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, no, no. no. Mm. Sorry, in my head, I I mean, they're not eating properly. They're not sleeping properly. They're not exercising. They're not doing the right things right. Yeah, yeah. And so I'm assuming you weren't doing those things either.
0: No, no, I fell off the wagon entirely.
1: and then that that's interesting to me. So you fell off the wagon while building a business and to be frank, I've never built a business while not on a wagon. Like I need 120% of myself to build a business from day exactly. zero. And mm. now you're in you're in 8 weeks and you've got the background pressure of I've left my career I need to earn money. Yes. I've got six months or whatever, yes. but I have to build this business. How do you pack that away? Like what takes preference? I suppose in the denial months, business took preference.
0: Yes, it did. But what was really interesting was in the denial months, I had I had within, I think, a week of his passing, I had started grief counseling. I'm very, very uh, focused on we don't band-aid stuff, we fix it. And so what happened was the denial was the band-aid, but I wasn't leaving the actual problem to fester. And what happened is there's a beautiful poem that everyone sends you when anyone passes away. It's about grief and about waves and how grief is like being in the sea and these big choppy waves are all over you and they're drowning you. And what happened was to some extent I was dealing with the waves and my coping mechanism was hustling for the business because this validated me it made me okay and then at a stage as the grief let up the business was already there and we've got that book i know you know it as well uh the compound effect and it was the compound effect of and and this is a very important thing that i do want to tell your listeners no matter what's happening no matter how crap you feel, no matter how bad, no matter how bad you think you're doing right at that point, just keep moving. Take an hour a day. Keep moving. Take two hours a day. Keep moving, because that compound effect actually builds. Um, we were joking last week because I was, as you know, I was ill in bed last week, and I got two deals. And someone in my office said to me, "Maybe you should just take more sick leave." But it's the compound effect that. Everything rolls and rolls and rolls and you think you're useless, but you're not.
1: With hindsight, though, it's really easy to look back and go, oh, yeah, the compounding effect. Oh, yeah, yes. I just keep grinding. Yes. Uh, did you feel that in the moment or were you just doing whatever you could to make an extra hour here and there and feel valuable? Hey folks, Nick here, and I'm interrupting this fascinating conversation, and I know that that can be irritating, but I wanted to ask you to do me a small favor that will help me in a huge way. Please, right now, stop and go and subscribe to It's Not Over wherever you are listening, whether it's Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google, or YouTube. Then leave a rating and review and turn on notifications. Every subscriber and every rating helps me keep this podcast trucking along. Now back to the knowledge bombs
0: I I I I I did it because if I wasn't working I'd have to face what was going on in my life Okay It was almost and- like my drug initially it's kind of like this is yeah. this is this a little bit of normalcy this is a little bit of thing that I'm hanging on to <laughs>
1: It's, and it's an interesting analogy there. It was like your drug early on, because when mm. I start businesses early on, that is like my drug, the action of Fine. getting that first sale, getting the website up. It's like just to- topping up your dopamine levels um, totally. and you replaced it with the grief. Um, so mm. do you feel like in hindsight, it took you longer to build this business because of the grief um, or, you know, was it neither here nor there?
0: I think if we had to have a timesheet discussion, it definitely would have taken longer. Um, if we were to, you know, life is tough and, and people might not like what I'm about to say, but when you look at a situation, you have to, you have to look at both sides. There's a part of me that's been through such incredible personal development That maybe if I had not had the grief, I wouldn't have had the personal development and my business would have looked different and I wouldn't have been able to service my clients properly. Does not mean that I asked for any of this. Doesn't mean I'm happy for any of this. But you can't just see the one side of of it. And one of the things is because I was so driven and I was fairly successful, I was not the world's most empathic person. I I was called the dragon in the office. I work 15 hours, you work 15 hours. Give me that whip and I'll whip. And look, I'd never make anyone work what I didn't work. And then I felt very saintly for working with them instead of asking, who are you and what do you need and how does this work for you? And of course, yeah, that's interesting. Not having kids, you know, I was yeah. placing people at such an unfair disadvantage.
1: Yeah, I, I do that too. Not having kids, you kind of uh, mm-hmm. f- don't think of it as part and parcel of your life because I've never had to factor in that three hours a day or whatever, yes. which is really yes. not, not my problem. It's somebody yeah. else's problem. That's a joke. That's a joke. I care about people with kids. Um, the, it, what you're saying reminds me of that, um, it's a phrase or a th- philosophy that if you are experiencing jealousy for somebody else's life you have to consider that you if you want their life you have to take all of it the good exactly. and the bad exactly not just the good and what you're talking about here is of course nobody wishes this grief mm. on anyone but it has happened and is out of your control. Therefore, you have to look at what else is giving is being given to you. And I, I, I appreciate that because that perspective is important, especially for entrepreneurs who are listening to this, who are losing someone or have lost someone while mm-hmm. they're building their business. There has to be a next day. There has to be. Otherwise, what do you do?
0: Exactly. And I think one up on that is, and I'm, I'm not equating here, but losing your business for an entrepreneur is very much like losing your child. So my lesson extends to those people as well, that when the fit hits the sham, as yeah. they say, then you are grieving. Don't just think of it as a numbers thing. Think of it yeah. as I am, what am I losing in this? And the other part of it is what can I learn from this that will make me so much better? It's, I, I think it's like a very immature version of revenge is the, the, the more successful I am and the more people I help, the more I'm sticking it to the sucky stuff that happened.
1: The best revenge is to live well, as they say.
0: Yes. I think they normally drink yeah. red wine while they say that. I mean, um... yeah.
1: if, if they drink, yeah, otherwise they take their <laughs> drug of choice. Um, So, I mean, just sticking with this theme, uh, something that's interesting to me recently, I've started to comment and say things like happiness is a choice. Yes. Um, and especially to entrepreneurs, you can, and I I did this for a long time. I built businesses with anger, with driven ambition and anger. Like I will do this to stick it to someone. And I think that that's kind of a youthful way to look at it. Now I choose happiness as my method of building things. I'd rather be content as often as I can. So how do you feel about that phrase? Happiness is a choice having been through what you've been through.
0: The problem that I have is not with so much the concept of happiness being a choice. I have a problem with a concept of happiness because what makes okay. us happy? Okay. So would lying on a beach in the Maldives make me happy? Yes. But for how long? But I've worked in incredibly pressured, sucky projects. Everything's going wrong. The client is about to throw us out with an amazing group of people, and when we walk out there, we are tired, we are done, and we like, yes! And so from that perspective, I think my problem is a little bit around how we define happiness, but what I think we can do is we can choose how we respond to things, very much so that cognitive behavioral aspect where um, something happens to you, a, t- a tiger chases you, it's up to you whether you think he's going to eat you or not. You know, it's kind of like we interpret things, and from that interpretation, things go wrong. The other thing is that I think there's something here around, and and when I was preparing for this, it came out strongly in my notes, is around support. And so, yes, I can make myself happy. I can force myself to be happy. But the moments that I really felt peace, joy, happiness, whatever you want to call it, was very often because... Someone came and connected with me, even just for five minutes, and just gave me that bit of support. And I think doing this alone, especially for our solopreneurs, I think that's a very big lesson that I learned, is that you can't do it alone.
1: And to carry on that theme, uh, at the time, I'm obviously... It's given that you you didn't have perspective to seek support for your business and get a coach and whatever, and you said you got grief counseling, which she says probably more than most people would consider themselves to do. Um, At any point in the last five years, have you found a business coach or looked for business support in that way? Like found because being you're right, being a sole founder is exceptionally Mm -hmm. hard, and you went from being a happily married long-term partner so partnership Mm. one to Mm. being a solo entrepreneur and a solo individual so did you particularly need business support because i'm you're a very eq um person so i'm assuming you got the emotional support but Mm. from a business perspective did you get a business coach or have you ever
0: Uh, so yes definitely um so i am a coach myself so i'm surrounded by coaches so that doesn't make it a bit of an easy win and we often Mm. you know will will provide support to each other I very early on, literally like days after this happened, I joined a business networking group. Um, And while I'm not entirely sure that I enjoyed the full experience, what it did create was a place where once a week I had to go and sit in a room and talk to people about business. Mm -hmm. And that sort of also helped drive a little bit to keep going because when you go back on Monday, you don't want to be the business person that hasn't done anything. And so I tried that. That didn't work for me, but I, you know, to each his own. Uh, mm. Have lots of coaching. Um, I then had from a I've always have had a, a business mentor, but someone who, unfortunately, I can't just access very easily. And then in the last year, I've actually gotten myself a, a lady name is Bev. She is my business mentor. We meet once a month. We work to an incredibly structured program, and really, uh, that has meant the world to me. And then, hmm. oddly enough, and and I'm sure Rich will kill me for saying this, but um, I met you through the the speaking, the mentorship program. I have found an immense amount of, I don't know what it is in that group. And it's, yeah. it's weird. We don't talk business, right? We don't exchange business cards. We don't. But for some other reason, there's something about that business that just hmm. keeps me going. We're all fighting the good fight to move towards a point. So yes, I think that's why we keep on returning for rich.
1: Yeah, I, I think the the interesting observation there is it isn't necessarily about finding support specifically from business people about your business. It's about finding like-minded individuals. And yes. that for me is such a key thing. And that applies to personal grief. It applies to business building. You don't have to find the convention. I, mm. I, I've i just finished watching a show on uh, Disney Plus called Dope Sick about mm. the uh, OxyContin massive clusterfuck in America and the opioid crisis. And the thing that I always think looking at addiction pro- programs is I would never be able to do AA because I'm not a religious person. I would mm. have to find a group that is like me yes. to help me over that thing. Yes. So I think that's what you're saying, is find people like you to mm. support you. Um, I want to jump back them. to... But you will, and this is the key thing: is find them. them. And a lot of people struggle, especially entrepreneurs driven mm-hmm. like us, with um, lots of ambition and sometimes self uh, lack of self awareness. It's hard to ask for help and yes. acknowledge that you need yeah. help. And it's a big yeah. part of why I'm on this show is telling people that it's okay to look for help, even yes. in a podcast. Yes. Yeah and if Um, i can
0: just if i can just add one thing uh what you're talking about reminds me of renee brown she she has on her talk she often talks about stories we tell ourselves and it's Mm. amazing that as a coach how often i have to help people understand the story they are telling themselves because they go that is the truth that's exactly what it is and i'm like we can't even plan businesses five years ahead anymore because things change so quickly so no let's look at that truth yeah. so no yeah. that's very very important to find someone that's actually going to also be challenging a little bit not just a
1: yeah.
0: lean on me body kind of person
1: what's interesting you mentioned Brene Brown and um the, one of her quotes always sticks out in my head and I quote her all the time and actually it's kind of the um the quote for this show is she says do not take advice from people not being brave with their own lives oh wow and I really love that. And it's kind of, it is really the the idea behind this whole show is you are all people that I talk to are being brave with your lives. So actually, yeah, mm-hmm. you can take advice from my guests because they've done something brave. Yes. Um, okay. I want to jump to the, the nitty gritty of business now. So yes. emerging, uh, you mentioned you were, you kind of forgot, you can't remember the denial phases. So. Yes. Uh, you can answer as much of this in your memory as possible. But like, talk me through you, you mentioned earlier, you were hustling through the grief. What yes. did your day to day hustle look like? And the reason I'm asking you this is if somebody's listening to this, and they're losing or have lost someone recently, I want them to parity your yes. emergence from this and what hustle looks like from day one the denial. Were you up every morning working? Or did it take you weeks? Did it ebb and flow? What was it like?
0: There are days, and and when I read this, I read an amazing book called Option B, which, of course, is by Cheryl Sandberg, who has now fallen from grace somewhat. But um, what was really interesting is I read her book shortly after, and it says, if today you brush your teeth, that's fine. And I went, brush teeth, brush teeth. And I lay in that bed, and I thought, I can't even brush my teeth. And so you do. Today you brush your teeth. And then tomorrow you wake up, you cry a little bit less and you brush your teeth. And then there was a point where I sort of, I think what had happened is, and it's a psychological thing. I don't know why. I don't know why the 1st of January means so much to us. But I gave myself, he passed away on the 20th of October, and I gave myself until end of December to grieve. Right. And then January, I was going to get back into it. And that's when the hustle sort of started a bit more. And one of the things that I found really interesting there was I hate structure. I want to do what I want to do. And yet my saving grace was creating structure to the point where I actually hired with money. I didn't really have an office in a Regis building because it forced some structure. I have to get up. I have to at least look semi-presentable and I have to go to the office. And what happened? It sort of then starts drip feeding because now you're at the Mm. office You make coffee, people are present, they ask you what you do, you ask them, you start networking, you have more reason to go to the office, because you're busy building a tribe. Then Mm -hmm. the meetings start coming in, because you've been networking, and so set up that system and structure that's going to work for you, and one thing that was very important to me at that point was to get to eat again, so I I have a little potty trick, I stop eating when I'm upset so um yeah i had to i had to eat i had to sustain myself and so i i built this little structure of eat six times a day because i eat multiple little meals eat six times a day put that in your calendar because now all of a sudden you have purpose Mm. Mm. then you've got to go to the office so tonight you've got to make your you've got to put your food together because it's a lot to arrange three four meals for someone to take to work so all of a sudden it gave me the purpose It gave me the self-care, it fed my body, it then fed the routine, the routine fed everything else. And then Mm. I could start living this new chapter. And so what happens is I worked through that routine to the point where I actually now have no structure again, because I really don't like structure, but I don't need it. I'd needed the scaffolding for a bit, but I love working, waking up, taking my notebook and working. And then stopping and taking a break in the middle of the day for no apparent reason. And then working at mm. night. I, I just, I don't enjoy having to focus. Eight hours but it served its stop.
1: purpose at the time.
0: It did at the time.
1: Yeah, See, and that's exactly what I was hoping to get out of this is it was counter to how you normally worked. But mm. you knew you needed to implement some level of routine to get yourself into uh, a, a method of building yourself out of this yes. hole, um, yes. which I think is super valuable. And of course the importance of goals
0: now yeah, there may okay. be little goals. Walk me
1: through that yeah. the
0: first day was can i please brush my teeth <laughs> about three months later it was literally. L- literally literally
1: I, you're not being flippant it was literally can flippant. i brush my teeth today yeah Can i
0: cannot brush my teeth wow. can i get out of this bed mm. well firstly you're so busy crying right you have to sort yeah. of you have to and I'm, i mean it sounds facetious but you have to like pencil in eating because I cannot yeah. explain to you, I, 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 I was fear, afraid of dehydration, the, the, uh, the shock, the, I, I can't explain, <laughs> there are no words. And then yeah. three months later, it's okay. The goal is get an office. Okay, set up the office. Now look, the office was an interesting thing because it's almost a form of visualization. I set up the office of a professional person who I was not at that point, at a level of success that I was not at that point. But having to prepare to go there forced me to visualize and then the goals could become one more deal a little bit bigger oh and by the way i was studying through all of this as well i do i i adore studying so most years i study something and then the studying helps add a bit of pressure because it reduces the amount of time i have to faff
1: okay that's interesting I mean, that's not how I look at responsibility. I just cut everything when I can't cope. I don't add things. Um, that's bunkers. Um, how how did the business then grow? Uh, talk me. You, so now the business okay. is sustained. It's five years in. You're profitable, obviously, as you are today. Um, but what happened over the next year from January 1st? Because now you've given yourself to the yes. end of December to grieve. And did your brain just go, click, I'm not grieving now, business building oh, time?
0: No, 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 no. That's of when course. we started the limpy hustle.
1: I should, okay. I should,
0: I should do a, a dance, the limpy hustle. I was good with limpy the limpy hustle. hustle. Yeah. And then there's a sneaky thing that they never tell you. But apparently the second year of grieving is worse than the first year of grieving. And the only reason for that is because in the first year, people still treat you with kit gloves and pay attention. So in the second year, life gets a little bit more real. Now, I just want to tell you, I had fabulous support throughout. And those people need to move on because they can't always treat you with kit gloves. They're actually doing you a favor by stepping away. The second year devastated me, but was better than the first year. The third year oh. was COVID.
1: Of course. <laughs> <Jeez>. <laughs>
0: then the fourth I year mean, was COVID, which was last yeah. year. Having said that, the fourth year was our most successful year ever. Hmm. And I've just pulled the metrics for my business for the first quarter. I've already done more than half of the amount that we did last year. Oh, Amazing compound okay.
1: effect it's the compound yeah. effect just keep going yeah. it, it's true and it is a theme that comes up on the show a lot and it's one that i push too is that the practice is the work and you know from the story to stage stuff that we do we tell you guys that the practice is actually the work the more you practice every day the better you get when it's game mm. time and as a business kind of every day is practice and every day is game time um mm. so that first year from january 1st 2018 i'm assuming to december yes. 2018 yes. Um, Did the business slowly tick up? Were you grinding to make calls and clients? Like what was it like there?
0: So I got really lucky in that uh, someone actually by word of mouth found me and I started doing a project for them that pretty much took up that year and a piece of the next year. Not all my time, but it was the largest project. So I could hustle for the little bits and in Mm. hustling for the little bits. I built relationships that are now paying off or last year and now paying off. And the frustration, the frustration that I felt in that first year of I'm working my ass off, not really, but given the background, you know, you're spending what little energy you have and nothing's happening. And that's the other thing that I want an entrepreneur to know that starting out is you're planting a seed, not a tree, honey, water it, maintain it, keep going.
1: It's a good observation, um, and it's going to lead me to the next question uh, from somebody who went from a career to her first business is in a career, you're joining somebody else's already grown tree.
0: Yes.
1: You're not not planting seeds. You're planting seeds if you are amongst a forest who've already been showing how to grow. Yes. So how did it feel, and now I'm trying to put in context the grief, but kind of exclude the grief too. How did it feel moving from a careered person to an entrepreneur? How's that experience been for you over the last five years? I mean, for people who are doing that right now, what were the difficulties you experienced of being a careered mm. person to moving to be an entrepreneur?
0: Mm. I think the closest the closest metaphor is leopard calling naked over blades. But it was wonderful, <laughs> because because it's, you, you, firstly, when you leave the business, you don't know, and I've actually seen this with, with colleagues who come out of corporate so sort of many years, is when you day one of your own business, you actually don't know that you're missing the sales team, the HR team, procurement, the project management team, the administrator's assistants, and the canteen, the most important part of any business. Mm -hmm. and so what happens is you're first muddling through and you're going but why don't people just reach out and support me oh i've I've connected with this person why don't they just work with me it's like honey you're not paying them and that is that's the first hole well i mean the first hole is no one there to support but then Mm -hmm. when you do start reaching out to people you are making deals corporate way instead of entrepreneurial way And especially for those of us who had a bit of a title, it's tough because now all of a sudden you don't have the title, you know. Mm. um, I think it's Simon Sinek who who gives the example of a senator or something that was on stage and they gave him a porcelain cup and he he spoke at the same event a year later and they said to him there's a styrofoam cup because it didn't have the title anymore. And and, you know, you lose your cup and Mm. you didn't even know you had a cup to lose. There's that identity
1: change? And what a great. Then, I mean, I want to. I do want. I want to pause there because that's such a great observation that I. I'm not sure anybody else has explained efficiently to me or as effectively that when you have a career and you have a title and you have that glass. Uh, room uh, Office that you mentioned yeah. Making deals is easier Because you come with the weight Of a history A past A okay. business A CEO 20 or 30 or 50 Or 100 or 1000 staff If you're an executive at Facebook You've got Facebook behind you yes. If you then go and start your own business They're like Who the fuck are you? Why yeah. would we buy from you? You were at Facebook But you're not there anymore
0: And remember Many of us Leave corporate life Or business life With restraints of trade
1: yeah. You're not allowed to sell So it's a sell. new space I
0: started my LinkedIn page on day one of my business with, I think, like 400 connections. All of them were untouchable.
1: Yeah, of course. And all of them knew you in a certain context, with a certain title, with a certain role. Wow. that I mean, such an astute observation in the complexities (laughs) of career versus entrepreneurship. Um, But I did interrupt you if you hopefully you can remember the next thing you were moving to. (laughs)
0: Absolutely not. Let's just keep going. This is so much fun. Great. That's what I get
1: for interrupting my guests. Um, Okay. So uh, then I want to talk to you about the experience of hiring your first staff member. When did that come uh, in this journey? Last year. Ah. Okay. So pretty late. Four four years in, hey? Yes.
0: So so what happened is um, I think because of this constant uncertainty, now, just remember when you lose a spouse it throws your personal situation into some form of mm-hmm. flux so there's yeah. a there's a piece there and and again guys get your please get a bit of a runway when you start because what happens is because of estates you might not have even that fell away right i i couldn't just like go and oh uh, Oh, you know well. Well, I normally would have earned this. No, because you got rid of your job. Oh, I normally ask my husband. Well, actually, uh, Ducky. <laughs> so I, I didn't have nothing. But just remember the certainty of knowing stuff is there and stuff works or yeah. falls apart. Right. So I was concerned about hiring someone from the perspective of I'm very keenly aware that you, when you hire one person, you're feeding a family. If anything mm-hmm. went wrong. And so I, I yet again first built a runway so that when I hired that person, we always know we've got three or six months worth of their salary running. In fact, where we are right now, we know we're roughly six months, the entire business can run without a problem. So, and, and I, Where did
1: you learn that from? Where did you learn that from as an entrepreneur? Of
0: course, goodness gracious, corporate. You don't spend a cent. Because, you know, you always have to have months worth of – I actually don't know. Nick, that is the weirdest question.
1: And why I ask is obviously I'm exposed to so many entrepreneurs um, all the time on the show and everywhere else in my life Mm -hmm. that – it isn't to you. It feels like you're saying it's common knowledge. Like, yes, oh, yes, just obviously have runway. It's absolutely not. I mean, I've had businesses where I've had weeks of runway. Never mind months or years. Yes. So it's it's a very uh, evolved entrepreneur who understands to scale in relation to their runway. Mm-hmm. But that does tip the balance of risk, right? So the more mm-hmm. runway you have, the less risky you're mm-hmm. being. Um, the more risk you take, the more chance you have of exponential growth. Yes. So you've figured out for yourself this balance, which is good. And most entrepreneurs struggle with this. Yes. How much should I commit to risking versus how much should I save so that I don't die?
0: Yes. So, uh, well, p- part of it, I didn't even think of it that way, but uh, part of it is that I've always worked with contractors. So everyone who's okay. worked for me has been a contractor. They get paid per project. So I, I took on, People to assist with delivery, but only last year did I go, there's a point where I'm so busy in the business, I can't work on the business.
1: Okay, so I mean, that's an interesting point is the way you decided to build this business from basically day one was to have people around, but on a contract basis Mm. so Mm. that the business can expand and contract as you needed to. And I think with your kind of business, um, coaching, workshops, consulting, you can do that because Mm. it's project by project and you Mm. can pull experts in.
0: Yeah. And, uh, the other part of it that might make it, I'm not sure, but maybe it makes it a bit dif- different is that money matters. I'm not cheap. I don't come for free. I add value. You'll know when I've left. But
1: From day one. Is that how you felt? Yes. Okay. But cool. Hmm.
0: I don't work for the money. I work for what I'm adding to the world my purpose is service. I want to add that service. I want to make, I want to know that people will one day go and die and go, there was this chick, I don't even remember her name, but do you know, she said that one thing that to Mm. me. So what Mm. happens is we run very lean in the business because I'm not trying to build a monolithic dollar thing.
1: Unicorn. Yeah.
0: I am adding service, I'm adding value, I'm making the world a better place, I make money as a side effect, a benefit of that, but that also helps, I think, because I think a lot of people, I love it, people say, I'm going to become an entrepreneur so I can make money. I'm like, really? I'm sure there are better ways of doing it. I'll send you the name Mm -hmm. of the guy that does my investments.
1: Yeah, I mean, on on that point recently, uh, so a friend of mine, Rand Fishkin, uh, is a well-known SEO tech startup entrepreneur. And he he uncovered some research that uh, if you are in a corporate job, statistically, on average, you earn 10x more money. By the end of your 30s, then an entrepreneur who started in their 20s and didn't have a fuck you money exit. So statistically, I'm I'm living proof of this. If you want to make consistently good money, just get a job and build your career from age 21 when you leave university or whatever to 50. And the chances are, if you're smart and you spend less than you earn, you'll retire. If you're an entrepreneur and you build 10 businesses like I did between the age of 16 and 26 and fail back to back, by the time you're 26, you have nothing. Yes. So what you're saying makes complete sense to me. Um, having, I don't want to get too deep. Having, yeah, yeah,
0: having said mm-hmm. that, um, unless business allows for a more entrepreneurial spirit within itself, I think yep. people will, and I love the millennials and the Gen Zs for this. They will do their own thing because they are true to life. They are true to work-life integration. And, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think the rest of us are catching up on that. Um, and I say rest of us, I'm on the cusp of that quote unquote millennial bracket being born in oh. 1984. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently I'm literally the the, the cusp the of the boomers. Yeah. The cutoff vibe. I don't know. It's weird. Um, okay. So uh, I want to ask you some quick fire questions just as we close out um, at any point after your husband died, did you think this business was a mistake? I need to go and get a job frequently and but, why didn't you
0: well so so i actually had job offers um because many people who i'd known because i build relationships when people heard what had happened previous employers came and said come work for us just for three six months just to get your get your balance back you know i i think the honest answer there is insanity but also mm. because i had i'd taken the step i was on this path and this is the important thing. Um, my story is interesting for your podcast, but you know what? Shit happens. And it's going to happen to me again. I've got a father who has dementia that we're working through right now. And then something else is going to happen. And so if we put off taking the leap, we'll never see a different vantage point.
1: Yeah, it's, it's such a good um, perspective to have. And it's something I'm kind of, latching onto in the last few months having relocated to london now yes. um the, yeah the, and you mentioned COVID for your business we didn't even touch that that's a whole nother podcast we can come back for another episode but um we were supposed to move uh, when 2020 kicked in with COVID, and you kind of delay those choices because the world forces you to but at some point you've made a choice this is now your life you yes. have to put it in context. Mm. You chose to start a business. Sure, you can always go back on that choice, but mm. it's the choice you made, good or bad. Now you're a five-year-in entrepreneur. If yes. something bad happens to you, you can't go, jokesies, I quit. I want to go back to the easy thing. <laughs> like That's not how it works. If you're making a choice, have mm. conviction in those choices, see it through and walk away if it doesn't work out. So yes. I appreciate that perspective. Yes.
0: And, and I think the other thing as well is that you've got this. So often when something bad happens, we we don't see that bad thing happened to me. We see I am broken.
1: Mm. Actually, no. Mm.
0: When you're a single mom and you've just been fired, you've got it. If you a drug addict who's cleaned up his act and can't find a route, you've got it. Mm. I think we too easily feel. You know, it's that we are wrong.
1: Mm. Yeah. We I, are I've broken. had to uh, yeah, it's a great segue into my next question because I've had to deal with this a lot, just thinking of where you attach your self worth to. Um, mm. and often entrepreneurs, and you'll probably have experienced this moving from career to business is your self worth becomes the success of your business. If I am profitable and I can hire people, then I am okay. I, as a human, am good. Mm. But if my business is failing and I'm struggling, then I, as a human, am bad. Yes. Um, And I think that your separation here is right. It's not happening to you alone. This is just something that's happening and Mm. you're experiencing it. Mm. So my question then is where right now do you derive your self-worth from?
0: Um. Look, I, I think having had our best year ever, I can't, I'd like to say if, if I said, you know, I didn't feel like a bugger. Yes, girl. Um, but at the same time, I'm in a place, and specifically with coaching right now, where I'm coaching people who really do the practices, the work. They do the work. Every mm. coaching session, mm. they come back. This is what I've done. This is what I've achieved. This is how I've moved forward. And just watching them grow and watching them grow themselves. And knowing what they're going to achieve one day because they are taking care of themselves and and supporting themselves in this way. Man, I do love that. I I will, after a good coaching session, definitely buy myself a cappuccino and go, dang, you're good when actually I'm not. They're doing the work, but you know.
1: Mm. (laughs) I I do, I want to point, I want to point out in the in a kind way that very few people can answer that question as succinctly as you can. So yeah. it's great that you have found yeah. something that you can go, that's where I derive my self-worth mm-hmm. from. A lot of people haven't actually even considered it. They don't know that, self-worth is a thing and yes. that they don't know why they're depressed mm. if their business isn't profitable this month when actually mm. it's because their business isn't profitable that they are depressed. Yes. That link has never been made because we are often just the same thing as the work the that business. we do when we're not. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And that's why I've, I've actually been asking this question a lot more because it's important for other people building stuff to understand that there is you as a human and the things that you build and the two mm. aren't the same. Mm-mm. It's okay that they're separate.
0: And another imp- a huge lesson, I lost a deal worth a couple of million dollars, and that was just year one, and I was sitting with a friend of mine who's also a coach, and I said to her, this is apparently not me, I'm not meant to be here, this is not supposed to be happening, and she said to me, have you been selling, have you been knocking on doors, have you been going forward, and I go, yes, she goes, they might not hear, but that does not mean that you're not serving your purpose, you're putting your message out there, so don't get despondent because they aren't buying they just not getting the message you keep going you will find your tribe
1: nice um okay so in closing what did you learn from this experience that you will take with you into every business you build in the future
0: just keep at it just keep going no matter how insignificant you feel just absolutely keep going and then find your tribe
1: Amazing. So uh, the floor is yours. Tell people where they can find you, where they can follow you, where they can hire you, and anything else you would like them to know. Go for it.
0: Wonderful. Thanks so much. So I hope that you've enjoyed what we've been able to share with you today. And thank you for listening. So I am Innocent Berger from Perform Forward. You can catch me on performforward.com. On LinkedIn, you can catch me under Innocent Burger. If it's too much of a mouthful, then you can just go forward slash Innocent B. You'll find me there. I'm also, my professional speaking site is Innocent with an E because that's an important part about my name is it's the Innocent with an E at the back, not an E at the front, which is the other thing that also happens. (laughs) I also have a YouTube channel called Performance Cafe where I hope Nick is going to join me shortly. And we talk about, on all these channels, we talk about things related to how do we improve people performance and ensure sustainable business, but because people want to be there and they want to work. And yes, I think uh, you should be able to find me there. I'm sure more will be in the show notes.
1: Amazing. Innocent, Um, as someone who's gotten to know you over the last couple of years, I'm really happy to say that for you and your business, it's not over.
0: Thank you so much. (laughs) Appreciate it. (laughs)